Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, buddy. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes the Spider-Man. In the Episode 17 for November 2007. The Spider-Man Crawlspace.com podcast is brought to you by MailOrderComics.com. They're an online leader in comic book subscriptions. And they've been filling orders for over 10 years. And they offer discounts from 38 up to 75% off cover price of new comics. Again, that's MailOrderComics.com. It's where the Crawlspace staff gets their books, and you should give them a try. Now, we're honored to have Amazing Spider-Man writer Dan Slott on the show this month. Now, we're going to join the show just a little bit after we connected him on the phone line because he had some great one-liners, and I just didn't want them to end up on the editing room floor. So, here's Dan Slott. Sorry my voice and, is a little raspy. I just did the Big Apple show yesterday, and I was talking to people all day. So, yeah. How'd yeah. that go? That was fun. It's, it's, awesome. It's great. I love doing shows. Um, and you get the meat pans, and you get the, you know, People always try to grill you for stuff, and you gotta <laughs> gotta walk that tightrope. The same one I'm it's, sure we'll be doing today. It's it, like you're in a back room with the police department, huh? Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> but you know, I just you know, you know that bit from Pulp Fiction where um, Marcellus is talking about like how he's gonna find Butch. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know and if that guy's eating a bowl of rice in China. I want to, you know. <laughs> Pop out and pop one in them. That's what's going to happen yep. to me if I say anything about one more day. Someone's going to pop gonna out get... and just put a bullet right between my eyes. <laughs> You're going to get whacked. Yeah. It'll have that little Marvel M on the bullet. <laughs> Boom. You're on the line also with JR and uh, Spidey Dude. Is Morb? Where's, where's Morb? Morbius. Morbius is a little sick. He sent us sent us an email. He's got strep throat or something. He, his voice is gone. What? Look at me. Listen to this voice, and I'm still here. You're a wuss, Morb. I'm calling you out. <laughs> that's um, awesome. That's fantastic. Well, I, let, let me go over the rundown with you a little, Dan. We, we're, we haven't started. Rec- well, I might include that because I love you dissing Morb. Uh, <laughs> I thought I'd, I'd ask you a few questions. I've got like four or five of them that I'd turn over to Jr. and he's got a few for you, and then Spidey Dude, and then we'll tackle that big, long message board thread, and then we'll get out. Let's, let's do this all night. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you for the proposition, but I'm good. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, <burn. laughs> now I feel rejected. <laughs> all right. Well, Here, let me clear my... Me. What? <laughs> I, ge- I have to admit something. I geek out every time I see you on the message board. It says, uh, current active users on the board, Brad Douglas and Dan Slott. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I, I get a little geeky. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know who else geeks out when they see my name on that message board? Brevoort and Wacker. Brevoort. They're like, why is he scripting? Script. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right, gang, let's, let's start the show. Um, we'll come down in three, two, Welcome back to the November podcast for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com. I'm your host, Brad Douglas, and we're honored to have the special guest, Dan Slots, on the show. Dan, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey! Woo! <laughs> 
That was the briefest, loudest <laughs> I've ever heard. That, that's uh, me in a nutshell, brief and loud. They, <laughs> in case you're wondering, Dan is one of the four new writers on the three times a month, or thrice, if you're uh, cool, <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man title. So, welcome, Dan. <laughs> welcome, Brad. There you go. There you go. And we've also, let's do the rest of our panel. We've got uh, JR from SpideyKicksButt.com. JR, are you going to squeal and say, woo? Well, not really. <laughs> I was just going to say that uh, I'm looking forward to today's show even more than my monthly uh, box from MailOrderComics.com. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, while we're doing JR, that, I'm drinking a lovely, refreshing Diet Coke. <laughs> well, I had to get guys, the sponsor in there, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys Please. are pimps. <laughs> and also, uh, Spidey Dude from the soon-to-be-relaunched SpideyDude.com. Now, I've seen previews of the site. It looks pretty good, Good, Spidey Dude. Yeah, yeah. That's thanks to the uh, web designer that, that's helping me out with this one. Uh, <laughs> she's done a fabulous and what, job. What's that's our goal? When are we going to get this site up? Uh, hopefully by the end of the year. Um, that, that's, okay. that's kind of the goal, is the end of the year. And in case you're wondering, Morbius is a little under the weather. He's got a little strep throat, and Dan Slott has already called him out. <laughs> I feel better but about that now. It's all right. Okay. We, Morbius, we hope you feel better, buddy. So, Dan, I guess the obvious question, what's it like working on Spider-Man? It's and the flagship ship. What? Me, flag- <laughs> that was the worst Freudian thing I've ever heard. Now we know where Brad's expectations are on this book. The, the Jeez, Louis, nowhere to hold it up. You really lowered the bar. <laughs> the flagship title, excuse me. Is there any pressure, buddy? <laughs> I was going to say I was living the dream, but geez. <laughs> no, uh, it's, no, seriously. It's early. It, it, it really is a dream come true, working on Spidey. I mean, yeah. you can't top Spider-Man. Uh, you, you're talking, I, I think they're going to run a picture of it in Wizard. I, I really hope they don't. They did. They came over here and talked to me like while I was on my computer. And, like I'm facing mm-hmm. my wall of Spidey memorabilia. With, wow. Like, the lunchbox and the millions of action figures and the corgi spider van that I had from when oh, I was wow. a kid, my original yep. Mego. So uh-huh. it's uh, my my Pez dispenser from when I was like eight. So and I'm, you have the Spider-Man toilet paper? No, never had the. But oh my <laughs> god, one of the worst tragedies when I was a, a wee lad was when What's my that? mom put all my Spidey Slurpee cups in the dishwasher. Oh, dude! And they all did that thing where they they turn into like squares. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow. no. Uh, that, that was a form of child abuse in a sense, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. No. Man. Yeah, my parents but, loved me. But it's the it's not it's not like a, a subtitle. This is the flagship you're hopping on. What, what's that like? A lot of pressure with this thing? Um, you know, I I remember I was like running into like the the other three guys, and one of the things I said was I you know I, I did my research. And there's only been like 40 or so writers on Amazing over over mm-hmm. since 1961, right. um, 62 if you're not counting AF, and uh, and that's including annuals. So I was like, mm-hmm. right now wow. looking at us, you're looking at four of the top 50 writers of Amazing Spider-Man of all time, <laughs> <laughs> and we hadn't written that's a cool. word. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> but that's one way of looking at it. And that's kind of like an everyday I live above ground kind of way of looking at it. Yeah. But then there's the flip side, which is, wow. Oh, cool, yeah. You know, you're, <laughs> you're immediately stepping into a legacy spot. And right. you better do your job well. You better treat Spidey well. Right. Um, 
ah! So there's, there's, there's <laughs> a back mixture. To that. Of, yeah, there's a mixture <laughs> of like lots of pressure, but also lots of fun. Um, now, is Spidey like one of your top five characters, or is he totally. your all-time favorite character? All time, all-time favorite. All-time. It's like when I'd be talking about She-Hulk or the Thing, I'd have to say top five. Right. You know, same thing with Batman. With Spidey, no, number one. <laughs> There's yeah. no way around it. The number one guy. <laughs> um, yeah. There, there was a time when uh, Joe Quesada had us sitting around a table doing some kind of podcast, and he was asking mm-hmm. everybody like around this room, what would, what character, what books would you want to write if you had your dream assignment? And everyone mm-hmm. going around the room was going, Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. And when it got to me. <laughs> the thought of Amazing Spider-Man was such this faraway pipe dream. And mm-hmm. when I was in high school, I was so into the Mensch, uh, Bills and Kevich Moon Knight run that I went, Moon Knight. I'm like, right. <laughs> everyone's looking at me like <laughs> like that Sesame Street song, like one of these things. Does things. It Everyone's saying Amazing, <laughs> and I say Moon Knight. Because in my head, yeah. it was like, what? Do you, you think you're going to take the, the homecoming queen to the prom? Come on. <laughs> you got to go with the ugly girl, Moon Knight. <laughs> Moon Knight, no, she's the one with character. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's kind of like taking four girls when you're with Moon Knight. Well, how far along are you with the book? I mean, uh, I think I read somewhere you're like writing next summer stuff. Yes. It's it's crazy. This this book cannot miss shipping ever. So um, we're all working very far ahead. We're all working really tightly with each other. Um, and I'm, I've gotten it, like, I've seen all, you know, all the Steve McNiven art is in. It's been in for a while now, for the first yeah. three. Um, and then I've, I have my artist on the second arc. Oh, mm-hmm. excuse me, my cat's a little worried. Um, my artist <laughs> on the second arc is yeah. already, he's drawing, and I, I can't say who that is just yet. Uh, that's just yeah. a little secret. Um, is already working on the second issue. And that's mm-hmm. for I think May, and then right. uh, John Romita Jr. is um, already going into the second issue mm-hmm. of uh, which will be for summer. Right. So we're we're way ahead. Romita Jr. is such a great guy. We interviewed him a couple months ago, and and I'm, I I think he's in my top five of favorite artists of all time. I mean, is it since you're a Spider fan, are you geeking out working with him? The first page of the <laughs> first Romita issue. When that came in, um, we have these crazy long email chains with all the spider writers and the uh, editorial team. And when that first page came in, it couldn't have been online for more than two minutes. And the whole mm-hmm. email chain went ding, 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 all, all the way down. <laughs> and every single one was like the same thing. Like, I'm geeking out. I'm such a fan. <laughs> this is amazing. Look at this. Huh? You know. <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. And Steve McNiven, his stuff in Civil War was great too. I mean, I bet you his artwork coming in is beautiful. This is this is the first interior Steve McNiven has done since Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's wow. It's really stunning <laughs> stuff. There's there was one point where we got a page in, and because um, we're all responding to everything on these chains or in conference mm-hmm. calls, and I just right. kept writing after this. I want this made into a poster. This page. <laughs> I want a poster of this page. And I, yeah. I think Casada's response to that was, "You want a poster of everything." <laughs> but it's so it's so hard not to uh, get excited about yeah. all three artists I'm working with. 
it's so hard not to get excited right. about the artists that that Guggenheim and Deb and Bob Gale are working with because we all get right. to pay to this. We've got mm-hmm. a murderer's row of artists on Amazing coming up. This is going to be yeah. a, a great ride if you're a yeah. Spider-Man fan. Cause, it, right. Is yeah. there a, do you have a time frame when you can announce that second rider? I, I know we've been teasing it for a few months now. Um, but. No. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I'm learning about, about Spider-Man and being on the Spider team is, is yeah. that we have to really keep our secrets locked up um, mm-hmm. or, or someone will kill us. The, the, right. <laughs> everything we're working on is it's a ooh everything's top secret. Um, yeah. It was so I remember all, all the way up to San Diego. You know, here I am doing like the issue, uh, the free comic day issue, swing shift. Mm-hmm. And it, come on, how, how do you not know I'm not on the book if I'm doing that? <laughs> and yet I still give total deniability all the way up to San Diego. Yeah, and we're in San Diego, and I'm at the Marvel booth, and they haven't announced it yet. They've been keeping this big secret. We've been told, right. don't tell anybody. Don't tell your parents, because <laughs> if they tell their friends, it'll end up on a blog. Yeah. Don't, don't tell Splat about mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man. And I'm at the Marvel booth, and I keep bumping into Marvel guys. They're going, hey, have you done that announcement yet that you're on Spider-Man? In the Marvel oh, booth man. in San Diego. I'm like... <laughs> I kept, Shut up! This kept happening over and over again. I keep like looking people in the eye and like doing the whisper voice, going Marvel booth. <laughs> yeah, one of the guys I'm talking was talking to was one of the guys running the Marvel booth, and he had he had the microphone on. And he was like, "Oh!" And now at the at the Marvel booth, this person, this person, and later, you know, John Favreau, and they the microphone's still like a foot away from his face. He's like, "Hey, so Dan, wow. have they done the Spider-Man announcement yet?" I'm like, "Marvel booth." Man, the only time I didn't do the Marvel both voice is when yeah. John Junior comes up behind me and he puts a hand on my shoulder and he leans in. He's like, "Here, we're gonna do some Spider-Man together." <laughs> it was the only time I didn't go Marvel both because I was Man. just so like, because I was so, hey, look, it's John Junior. This is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it, it was—it's hard to keep a secret, I guess. Oh, totally. <laughs> so I, I just yeah. can't talk. It's—it's it's so hard. I can't talk about anything, yeah. but it's really showing people what I. I, I can't talk about stuff. Like, um, Kirkman called me, he was talking to me about something, and he's like, so you're one of the new Spider-Man guys. He's like, I can't talk about it. It's like a long <laughs> pause, and he's like, don't be a dick. <laughs> I can't talk about it. Don't be, I'm like, I can't talk about it. I was like, going to the show in Canada, and I'm riding in a car with Ron Garney, and he's like, so what are you working on? And I'm like, I can't talk. He's like looking at me like, we're in the industry, you can talk to me. I'm like, I, I can't. I was... And Garney was just on the book. I thought he did a great run, too. Oh, Ron Garney is like, he's one of the best artists in the industry. He's amazing. And I I got to be on staff at Marvel when I saw him, like, really just kind of breaking through and doing stuff like his Moon Knight and an issue of Daredevil and really early stuff. And you could could see him from the get-go. He was meant for great, great things. Here I'm gonna I'm gonna test your armor. You can deny or uh, refuse, <laughs> but the the second artist that you can't talk about, have we seen his artwork on Spider-Man before, or is it totally new? Wow, how do I answer that? Um, <laughs> I, I um, to my recollection, I can't remember seeing this artist uh, mm-hmm. do Spider-Man proper. Um, okay. I was really, I was really, I was over the moon to get this artist because I, um, you can see like on message boards where like I, mm-hmm. I usually post on Jinx World where uh, Bendis gave me a little corner to post right. in. 
um, where I was hyping <clears throat> some of this artist's work before I ever knew we were going to be working together. Right. So it was like a really nice, hey, I've been pimping you. <laughs> you know, I love your stuff. <laughs> So, and you know, Pippin ain't easy. <laughs> no. So, I mean, I'm really excited. I, I, when the pages yeah. come in, um, and this is an artist who does really tight uh, layouts before he starts drawing. And his right. layouts look tighter than some people's pencils. And wow. even when I see the layouts, I just I geek out a little because I'm like, oh, look, it's Spider-Man. So uh, essentially we've uh, eliminated Steve Ditko and Todd McFarlane. Those were my top two that I was envisioning <laughs> you working with. I think you'd pass you out, go. wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, if you yes, had Ditko. Yes. Especially with the Ditko. That would be quite yes. a... Uh, yes. I, I, yeah, I'd be looking up in the sky, checking if there's an eclipse or something. <laughs> well, uh, I guess, you know, you've been... Uh, Avengers Initiative number 7 came out last week. Uh, well, just to warn the people listening on their iPods, uh, we're going to do some spoilers. We if are you, gonna, if you, there's no way to talk about Avengers Initiative 7 without doing massive exactly. spoilers. So yeah, hit pause does. on that that iPod. Yeah, or, or do, do the earmuffs. Okay, in case you didn't read it, or in case you read it, the big reveal is Spidey gets the secret identity back, and the Scarlet Spiders are clones. Now, was it always the plan to do the turn their identity around, or was this a recent thing? And and uh, we, or, we how did that come about? We were going to reveal that. Um, Big, big spoilers for initiative fans that, uh, if you haven't read Seven yet, that mm-hmm. Scarlet Spider is, you know, the, all the Scarlet Spiders are clones of MVP, uh-huh. uh, who's mm-hmm. the character who died at the beginning of Avengers Initiative 1. Everyone keeps wondering, yeah. why is his head always in the headshots? <laughs> he's never really left the book. His body's been around in every single issue, so right. either, either so, on a slab or in suits of Scarlet Spider armor. Right. Um, so yeah, you have you have guys in big red spider suits. There's clones mm-hmm. inside. What else are you gonna call them? They're scarlet spiders. Come on. Right. Um, now, was it always the plan to reveal the Spider-Man's identity? Was it always always the plan to change it? You know, well, he let, had let's that call press it the remasking. Oh, yeah. The remasking. The remasking. I mean, um, once he got unmasked, was there a plan to remask him? I guess. Is the question. <laughs> um, some stuff I can and can't say. Um, yeah. One of the things, like if we if we do a post mortem after one more day, like uh-huh. there's a lot of stuff I I can't talk about why I did things in the initiative, um, mm-hmm. and and what's going on with swing shift and there's lots of things I can talk about once one more day is done. Okay. Um, but uh, for the sake and and let's be clear, we're not we didn't really remaster Spider-Man. We we pulled a mm-hmm. little bit of a Daredevil that mm-hmm. we muddied the water. We we yeah. muddied the water. We've we there's doubt that's been cast. Is he or mm-hmm. isn't he? Um, right. One of the things about uh, the MVP clones is that mm-hmm. they have no superpowers. In the past, oh okay. I was past, wondering that. Yeah, that MVP is like he's everything Captain America got via the shortcut of mm-hmm. the super soldier serum and the Vita rays. Mm-hmm. Captain America, when you look at him, he's not superhuman. He's optimum human. He's the best yeah. any human could ever be at anything. Right. But somewhere somewhere in the world, there's some person who, who's not taking steroids, who's trained their little heart out, who's the best runner in the world. Or the best so he's not Barry Bonds. <laughs> not Barry. <Nope. laughs> but uh, Cap does everything he possibly could without an asterisk, with the exception okay. that he's got super soldier serum and Vita rays. But a human could reach Captain America's potential, 
and that's what MVP is. This is someone now, who's been given all the best training, all the best nutrients, everything he would need to do. Right. And we've seen in the Marvel Universe that every time you try to clone someone with superpowers, things go horribly wrong. You know, you right. end up with your canes and your claws and all these right. other terrible clone things. Um, and with MVP, we're just cloning a guy. Right. You know, so... Um, <clears throat> one of the things that we set up is that the Scarlet Spider armor, obviously there's been modifications. It's, it's got four arms for one. Does right. that always bug you guys? Come on, be fair. <laughs> well, it, it looks a bit like Doc Ock, just a little bit. I think without it, you just keep going, where's the fourth arm? You're a spider. Yeah. You know, it <laughs> drove me crazy. He, um, he's a crippled spider with three. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, mean, I love the design. I love the look of it. Um, but that right. was, like, the one thing that was always, give me a fourth arm. Yeah. Um, now, is it just uh, happenstance? I mean, MVP looks a little like Peter. I mean, is a little it, like Justice, too. Yeah. And for is Jones. It, <laughs> because I was, when I re- initially saw it, I, I instantly thought, man, it's a spider, it's a Peter clone. So is that just happenstance, or is there something there? <laughs> or can you con- not comment? Let me just go, <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's the best answer you're gonna get out of me. Um, okay. But you're all about sound effect answers. <laughs> I am. Just like the guy from Police Academy. There. You, oh. Um, oh. I. I can't remember his name. It's, it's not Michael good. something something. But uh, <laughs> it, we've seen we've seen the, the this new suit of uh, the Iron Spider armor, the Scarlet Spider armor. It, mm-hmm. It's got the extra arm. It obviously has built-in web shooters. Um, and it mimics spider powers. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the thing we did in the minute I was reading um, the Civil War issues from uh, JMS of Amazing, mm-hmm. they had here, here's the problem. Like I didn't think they were ready for, or they chose late in the game they were going to do the spider armor. So they had stories and drawers and people working on things where they had them draw it in the normal Spider-Man suit. So you have this issue of Amazing where Tony's explaining to Peter everything the suit can do. Right. Goes, oh, by the way, it has a button that allows you to push it, and now you're in the red and blue suit. Mm-hmm. And that's the magic button that allows Marvel not to have to art correct issues already in the drawer. <laughs> that's the True. real purpose of that button and the real pers- reason and, that's in the book. And they did the exact yeah. same thing years and years ago with the black mm-hmm. suit. Mm-hmm. They just had to. You can't burn all that material or or rework it. You just you yeah. got to use it. So that's one of the reasons the black suit could do that too. Look, that's it's cool. now the red suit. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was looking at that scene, I was I was oh my god! There's your piece of the puzzle. All the way back mm-hmm. when I first saw that page, I was like, right. if you ever needed to get Spidey out of that, you know, out of the unmasking jam, because right. I knew already knew that was coming. Um, it's it's it. essentially your out button on yes. the suit. <laughs> that was my that was my personal out button. It wasn't something like yeah. people sat around in a uh, in a boardroom of Marvel going, "We got to make that suit do this." <laughs> no, I looked at that and went, "Oh wow! If I you know if I ever ha- if I ever got to be the guy who was going to put Spidey back, you know, right. give him back the mask, that's how you do it. JMS gives you the piece right there, um, yeah. so you could just turn around and go, "Hey, all this time Peter Parker was wearing a." a magic suit that made it look like he had spider powers. It's pretty yeah. much Amazing Spider-Man 12, except 
he actually does well against Doc Ock before yeah, he gets unmasked. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, there's a there's a piece if you ever need to use it. And I, I think I said this to Brevoort um, over mm-hmm. a phone call, and he's like, yeah, you know, keep that in your pocket, but, you know, I don't think we're going to go that route. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really glad he let me do it in this issue of uh, initiative, and you'll see right. why and how and where it leads. So it, it, it does something that uh, doing this story does something important for me. Okay. And I'm not going to tell you if that's because I'm the initiative guy or one of the upcoming spider guys. Right. But I needed that piece of the puzzle, and I needed it okay. set in stone before one more day. Right. Now, Scarlet Spider, he's, now, now, the Scarlet Spider is a regular cast member of the initiative right now, so, or, or for the foreseeable future, I guess, right? Um, yeah, but considering our okay. next storyline is called Killed in Action. Um, oh. <laughs> we're going to have a massive bloodbath, and who knows who's going to walk out of this book alive. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's just going to be a slapstick solo title, right? <laughs> yes. It'll all be a slapstick and Gyrick, and they move to New York and have to share an apartment. What will happen? It's the Odd Couple sequel yes. we've all been waiting for. Well, I was doing a little research on you last night, and if Wikipedia oh, is geez. to be believed, you kind of got your foot in the door at Marvel by posing as an intern. Is that correct? Oh, God. Yeah, actually, uh, it's a pizza <laughs> delivery man. <laughs> with a big, fake mustache. That's how I got hey, it. It's oh, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I had already graduated from college. And yeah. they had an internship program for people who are still in college. And I had just mm-hmm. graduated. And when I told them, I went up there and I, I tried out for the internship program right out of college. And they said, we can't use you because this is how we pay you. It's an unpaid right. position. We give you a college credit. If you're not in college, right. we can't use you. And I went back uh, to California where I lived, and then I ended up coming back to New York again uh, for one of my sister's weddings not that long mm-hmm. after. And I went, you know, I was only in the office for like five minutes. I'm sure I didn't mm-hmm. leave, leave much of an impression. So I had my <laughs> college advisor write up a completely bogus thing that said I was still in college. <laughs> yeah. So I went there, and I became, uh, that time around, they took me as a college intern, forgetting they'd already met me like three months ago. So you had a secret identity, too. You were a college intern. I was a college intern who's already graduated. <laughs> there you go. And I, I awesome. lucked out because I got to uh, be in Fabian Isiace's office. Mm-hmm. And Fabian's just one of the greatest guys on the face of the earth. And he really right. looked after me. Um, eventually, there was a staff opening, and Tom DeFalco came to me and said, like, we want to hire you for this job. Mm-hmm. And I had to tell him that, yeah, but they, they wanted to hire me, but they couldn't because they knew I was going back to college. Right. And I had to peel off the mask and go, surprise! <laughs> I'm really, I've graduated. Yeah. Here's the diploma. Actually, it wasn't the founder. <laughs> I did it, uh, somewhere, I got hired from somewhere else. And uh, I'd been in the, I'd been doing my job at Marvel for like weeks. And I wasn't getting a paycheck. The guy from right. the mailroom would come by and he'd be giving everybody their paycheck. And I wasn't getting one. And I'm hmm. like, I'm working here. What's going on? <laughs> Gotta and get paid. I, yeah, I had it, and I had to approach the Falco and go, uh, "Excuse me, sir, what's going on?" He's the editor in chief. He's like, "I'm not getting paid." And he's like, "Aren't you an intern?" I'm like, "No, I'm working here. We put you yeah. on staff, but you're a college intern." I'm like, "Yeah, I lied. <laughs> I had already graduated." Now, and he now said, what was your first job at Marvel? When, oh wait, but when... he just looked at me and he just went, "Never do that again." <laughs> and then I started getting the money. 
That's awesome. Um, I started off, I did a little bit of assistant editing work um, for a couple months uh, because someone was uh, taking sabbatical, and then I moved over to Art Returns. And Art Returns was amazing Mm -hmm. because you got to see all the art, everything as, you know, when all the issues came back on the big 11 by 17 boards. Yeah. And you also got to see stuff on the back. Like I, one of the big secrets of the comic industry is that all these artists, like they doodle on the mm. backs of the pages. And that's the stuff where their imagination is roaming free and they're not tied down by us writers and our horrible scripts. And they're oh, able to, cool. they produce these gorgeous things that no one ever sees on the backs of the right. pages. And I got to split the art, hopefully amicably, between the penciler and the inker, get them to sign forms saying, you know, Marvel is giving this to you as a gift. You don't officially own these pages that include licensed characters like Spider-Man. Um, and then once I got those signed slips back, return the art to people. Right. It meant that by being in that office, sometimes being on the phone or people coming in, I eventually met like every single artist at Marvel in the 90s. Wow. And I was the guy who was giving them their stuff <laughs> so they could sell stuff for like a supplementary income. You know, mm. so I was like this helpful person in their life, and that was really nice. I remember there was a, a friend I made who was an intern, mm-hmm. and we hooked up and got some lunch at uh, at a convention in the cafeteria. And he was like, "Oh man, I miss Marvel. How's everything going?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's fun." And as we're eating, all these famous people kept walking by, and one <laughs> after another, they kept being like, "Hey, Dan." I'm like, "Hi, Walt Simonson." Hey, Dan. (laughs) Hey, Mark Texiera. (laughs) They were all standing for, and my friend was looking at me like, what the, how do you, what the, how do you, you know, it was like that really sad joke about the the guy everybody knows and the Pope says hi to him. That kind of, you ever heard that one? It just, it was silly. Uh, And it was me being that guy for a couple of years. Now, I've never posed this question, but what's the coolest doodle you ever saw? (laughs) What's the doodle on the back of the, on the artwork that you saw? What was really it? All kinds of stuff. Um, yeah. But to me, the coolest thing wasn't that. The coolest thing was was being in that office because on, on some level, yeah. you could be a fly on the wall. And all kinds of cool things happened in the art return department. Um, I remember being there one time when a lot of times artists wouldn't send in their slips. And then when they came in and made the trip to Marvel to New York, they just pick everything up there. Yeah. And one time I remember Jim Lee and Mike Mignola were in my office at the same time. Oh, cool. And they were flipping through their art and looking at each other and at each other's stuff. And this was, I can't remember if Jim Lee was doing X-Men then. Um, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure he did. But Mike Mignola was doing all these great pinups and things for the X-Men annuals and covers and great-looking stuff. And Jim Lee asked Mike Mignola if he could give him a quick pointers on how to spot blacks on a page. Mm-hmm. You know, how to, a spotting black is a, you know what I mean. You know what that right. term means? I, I, I'm not familiar with it, but what does it mean? Oh, it's when you have a when you have a page, you don't want it just to if you hold it at a distance from you, you don't want it to be all open space. You oh, okay. want there to be design elements of solid blacks and areas, and you want those areas to flow through the page and leave your eye. Okay. Um, and if you look at like Jim Lee's art in in X Men, there are all these great figures and this, but he was asking, and Mike Mignola is like the master of this. If you look mm-hmm. at how he uses positive and negative space on a page, um, mm-hmm. and here's Jim Lee asking like Mike Mignola for like just a pointer, 
and like you know, <laughs> just flipping awesome. boards, you know, flipping boards over and doing quick sketches and pointing out stuff to Jim Lee, like here's how I do it, here's what I do, and and <laughs> that's the moment in that job where if you're smart, you shut up, you blend into the furniture, and you just sit there and be a fly <laughs> on the wall, and you go, this yeah. this is a really cool moment. And yeah. the, when I'd be working in that office, as I'd be giving back, as I'd be going through the stacks and stacks of art to return the current workload, um, I'd dip into the past and all these files of things, and I'd get to try to get artwork back to some of the some of the legends, some of the oh, people wow. who worked years ago. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you wouldn't be able to tell, like, who inked this page, like this mm-hmm. art we found at the bottom of the cabinet from way back when. And I'd get to go to John Romita Sr., who was the art director at the time. And that was a, a joy. Wow. And say, like, yeah. John, can you help me? Like, can you, can you tell from your experience looking at this page who inked it? And he, and he could. He could spot it a mile That's away. That's awesome. And that was cool. One time I found some Ditko stuff. And oh, I wow. Sent, and I sent stuff to Ditko, and he actually came up to the office. And, he, you know, we're all doing this because we're fans. I don't think mm-hmm. there's a single person in this industry who, who fell into it. Mm-hmm. I think everyone ran towards it. So we all have great respect and great admiration for everybody. And uh, Ditko didn't really say anything to me. He was just very polite. Uh-huh. Like, Thank you. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, that, month, that's enough. <laughs> I know. That's exactly the point. It's like when I was there, I, I couldn't have been there for more than a day or two um, at yeah. Marvel. And uh, I was an idiot as a college intern. I, <laughs> I so didn't get it. I thought it was like some kind of... I would iron a pleat into my pants and wear good pants and like my best shoes. Like I was going to church or synagogue or something every day for like the like first few weeks of working at Marvel. And I was like, you know, making sure every hair was in place and just like, ah, yeah. I, I wouldn't use the phones for private calls. I'd pull out a sprint card. I didn't want my you're, like pers- the be- you're like the best intern ever. Yeah, I didn't want my personal calls charged to Marvel. I was like so honored to be there. And then, you know, you're walking around, people are sitting there with holes in their shirts and the, and the bullpen and stuff. And yeah, I, I just so didn't get it my first week or so. I was just so like, I'm at Marvel. I'm at NECA. <laughs> and yeah. some, my editor said to me, he's like, hey, uh, I need you to run this stuff up to the legal department. Mm-hmm. And he gives me these stuff, and I'm running up. And it just happened that Stan Lee was in from the coast. Wow. With, with an entourage, and he's walking down the stairs. He's like he's like Hef, going he, in the Playboy. Yeah, but the thing is, <laughs> you know, all these people would you know call. I, I sometimes I'd work the switchboard when the person at the switchboard needed a break back when I was on staff, and people would call and they would just have this idea that at Marvel it was like I don't know like Willy Wonka's and the Oompa Loompas were making the comics that everyone was there, and that's just <laughs> so not the way it was, and. <laughs> But on that one, you know, weird day, Stanley was there really early on into my first week of being an intern, and he's walking down the stairs, and I'm running up the stairs, and I just freeze, and there's Stanley and his entourage, yeah. and <laughs> I just I froze. I knew, you know, how could you not know who Stanley was? I was just like ha 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 ha, and he goes, "Hi there." That's <laughs> cool. Hello. <laughs> I step aside, let him walk through, run the stuff up the legal. Don't even know if I left it with the right person. Ran all the way back down to the office, pulled out my sprint card, called like mad, called everyone I knew from college, and went, I met Stanley and he talked to me first. <laughs> so you, you've had a one-word conversation with Ditko, one-word conversation with Stanley. <laughs> and I can die a happy man.
There you so, go. <laughs> no, but, you know, I, I got I got over that kind of quick. Like I said earlier, like I was a really big Moon Knight fan in high school. And I, I just lived and breathed Bill Sienkiewicz's Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. And really early on, as an intern, one day Bill Sienkiewicz was walking around the offices. And he was just poking his head in, saying hi to people. And he poked into the office I was in. Uh, this was right before Fabian had come up to the office. And uh, Evan Skolnick, the assistant editor, and so very good friend, was uh, the person I was, like, answering to. He, he was talking to Bill Sienkiewicz for a little bit, like, it's nice to see you. Well, I'll see you around. And Bill Sienkiewicz left the office the minute. He was out of the office and the door was closed. I was just sitting there the whole time kind of like, <laughs> Like, and the minute he was out, it was like I could unclench, and I was just like doing this almost like a cabbage patch. Like, I saw Goofy Kid. I saw Goofy Kid. And this hand came out of nowhere and just smacked me up the back of the head, and it was Evan. He was like, don't ever do that fanboy shit again. That's <laughs> and that's kind of like going, you know, i got to dial this back. <laughs> i got to be cool. you got to tone it down a little bit. Just a little. Just a little. Now, um, I, I'm kind of confused about two things. I'm, I'm wondering what your first uh, attempt at writing or first Spider-Man story was. Was it the Ren and Stimpy book or was it She-Hulk number four? Oh, man. The, the first time I ever wrote Spidey was in uh, – uh, he shows up for like two or three panels and the first ever superhero story I ever did. Which what, was, what's, what's that? Uh, speedball in To Bounce or Not to Bounce in New Warriors <laughs> Annual number one. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, right off the bat, I'm like, I gotta write Spidey. <laughs> so it's so, Here's my chance. Yeah, it's so weird. I, mem- I remember um, years and years ago, uh, well, the first book I really got, my monthly book was Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. And I got that kind of off of the strength of the first comic I ever wrote, which was Mighty Mouse 10. And mm-hmm. I kind of I did too good of a job on Ren and Stimpy, and I kind of got pigeonholed for years. As a funny animal guy, but this is what Dan Slott does. These He's the, the funny animal guy. Yeah, these are the notes he can hit. Mm-hmm. Do not ask him to go outside his box. <laughs> and 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 I got lots of offers to keep doing stuff, but it was all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And DC just like kids, kids funny books, I guess. Yeah, DC yeah. came after me to do Looney Tunes uh, mm. um, when, uh, when I was in San Diego. The first time I did San Diego off the strength of the Ren Stimpy stuff. And this yeah. is way before the age of, you know, um, exclusive contracts. And I just started I, Looney Tunes stuff. And when I was working on Looney Tunes, I was petrified of writing Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. I, okay. avoid, I avoided Bugs and Daffy like the plague. I, I wrote all these characters off to the side, like Foghorn Leghorn or, or uh Sam and Ralph, or whatever I could, just to avoid mm-hmm. these characters, because in my mind, they were the flagship, and I wasn't mm-hmm. ready. <laughs> that's how I'm wired. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ready to do Bugs Bunny yet. What if I fail? <laughs> what if I write a bad Bugs Bunny? <laughs> yeah. so, Man. Um, I am, it's taken me quite a number of years, uh, and I was a little worried um, even though by then I'd done She-Hulk 4, which was a really fun story for me. I love um, that book. That That's was, the that, one where Spidey sues Jameson for libel, for bad headlines, right? Yep. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm so proud of that one. But even yeah. then, I was still a little worried when I was doing Spidey Torch uh, uh, with Ty Templeton. Um, because it was like, wow, now I'm, I'm doing Spider-Man for real. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That was kind of leading into my next question. That that Met miniseries is one of my favorites over the past ten years. I just love that one. Well, thank you very uh, much. I uh, how did that story come about? I mean, how did the pitch come? Um, I, it was just something I really wanted to do. I, that was like one of the first pitches I did mm-hmm. to Marvel um, since I've been back. Like stuff like GLA. Tom, that was Tom Brevoort saying, "Hey, you should you should do this," um, or the thing. That was when Brevoort came to me and said, "You should do the thing." Uh, was yeah. Spidey Torch? My favorite book growing up when I was a kid was Marvel Team Up. I liked it more than Amazing. I liked it more than uh, even the, the back issues of Marvel Tales. And that I book liked... gets hit. That book gets hit a lot. You know, people say it was crap back in the day, but I, I that was one of my first books I picked up. I was Marvel. I, up. I was the right age for it. You know, they say exactly. the golden age of science fiction is twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's like that. I was at age eight. I was getting deep into comics. Mm-hmm. And that was my favorite book because I I could look past because all of bless these, you <laughs> somebody uh, sneezed yeah that was I, me I could, yeah. Morb did something to the phones didn't he yeah we're all catching it <laughs> um, yeah I I was uh, I the whole magic mm-hmm. of of reading the of the first time reading the comics and and just buying it whole cloth. Wow, the magic of there's a guy swinging on a web, and that guy's covered in fur, and that guy's covered in rocks, and but they seem to live in the real world. Mm-hmm. The the coolness of that could get me through anything. The same way how you can look at yeah. some black and white, um, some like the first motion pictures, and you can just go, people didn't care about the story. They're like, look at the man moving on the screen. How impressive! <laughs> yeah, let's applaud. That- my my first actual comic was Marvel Team Up Annual Number Two, where he teamed up with the Hulk. And to this day, those oh two characters are my favorite. When, when they keep the giant the, the two giant balls apart. Yeah, one? Spider-Man's on the cover. Yeah, and, and the Hulk's creeping up behind him. That's my, that was my first comic ever. That Spider-Man, was... I'm such a geek. Spider-Man goes to Reed Richards because he needs a way to get to. I think it was like Russia. To, I think to so. Get, yeah. To get where the experiment is, and you mm-hmm. see Reed in his PJ sick. Just do a quick excuse of why the FF won't join him, but yet they will give him a rocket to go all the way to Russia so he can meet the Hulk. And uh, that's that was there. Believe it or not, there's a if you want to be a total geek about it, that's how Pete gets the internship. In um, that's how Pete gets the internship, I think, in in Spidey Torch Three, because there's a scene where Spidey gives Reed a formula. Like I came across this formula. I think it Mm -hmm. needs me to go to Russia to stop this crazy device and Reed looks at it and goes mm-hmm. who figured out this formula a friend of mine well he's a genius <laughs> so, bring him to yeah. me I'll give him a job now that's something else I've heard about you you've got a lot of Marvel trivia in your brain I mean how does that does that just stuff just stick or how do you have so much Marvel trivia in your head I, I know no useless I, I know <laughs> no I, everything I know I know no useful knowledge in the real world I can tell you where <laughs> anything falls on the periodic chart <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I forget my own uh, social security number. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, the stuff that's in my head is just all day. <laughs> Seasons wow. of, of TV shows and Marvel comics. Is there a random, odd, spidey fact that you can just recite off the top of your head that no one would know? Like what? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, just something that you, you say, uh, an issue, blah, 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 no, Spider-Man. At the same time, um, I'm getting on in years, so I do get I do get holes in my knowledge. So there's <laughs> there's one point where I was like, oh man, have we seen the street in Forest Hills where where Aunt May lives? <laughs> what what is that street name? 
and I had to go on the uh, Spider-Man message board and leave a little, I'm not proud, leave a little <laughs> note and go, guys, can you help me out here? <laughs> I need the street name and the number. Of, exactly. And, and, and ten minutes later, someone's like, it's 20 Ingram Street, you idiot. Everyone knows that. <laughs> like, man. No, I got one more they I got one question. Idiot. They were very nice and very polite. <laughs> they're actually very grateful that a Marvel, uh, that like a Marvel writer would actually show up when they don't know something and say, "Can you guys help?" Yeah. Instead of just BSing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that drives me crazy. Like, just, <laughs> you know, make stuff up or. Oh. I got I, one more before I turn it over to Jr. And now, shoot. and do, doing research for, for about you, I, I heard that you can do voices, and I heard that you can do a mean chicken hawk from Looney Tunes. No. Can you do a chicken hawk for me? <laughs> no, no, I don't do chicken. I don't do Henry Chicken Hawk. He's, no, you I'm, don't. No, where'd that come from? I have no idea. Uh, but I do get a lot of crap for. Um, <laughs> I, I did. I did my thing voice way too many times. Uh, yeah. uh, and when I was working, can you on do like Jameson or any Spider-Man? Oh God, yeah. I Jameson is like was all through Spidey Torch was like my favorite guy to do because. Mm-hmm. You, I do the I do the voices when I'm typing this stuff. I want to hear how it sounds. So I'm like constantly like Parker. You know? It's you not do that if you're exactly. you know. My awesome. problem is like the voices that I hear when I do this stuff. It's it's uh, it's it's from the 1960s cartoon. Right. I love that Jameson voice, mm-hmm. and I gotta make sure that I, um, as we write a more you know 2008 version of Betty Brant. I don't have her go, Mister Jameson, you know, that kind of <laughs> Peter. You, know, no. you see, see, my my Spidey is um, uh, Electric Company and uh, Amazing Friends. Electric Company, that's <laughs> with the little, exactly. little things appearing over his head. <laughs> little bubbles. I, I was at uh, the Big Apple Con yesterday, and I bumped into Steve Saffel, who did this huge, great coffee table book. Yeah, about, he's our guest next month. Yeah, oh, this this book is amazing. And mm-hmm. and at one point Steve's like showing me stuff from the book, and he's like, and he brings up this pointer of, and no, you know, and there's an urban myth that it was Morgan Freeman in the Spider-Man suit, and I immediately mm-hmm. turned to him without wasting a second, goes, it couldn't have been Morgan Freeman in the Spider-Man suit. That's completely wrong. And he's like, why? <laughs> because in the episode Spidey versus the Wall, Morgan Freeman <laughs> as the umpire is on camera with Spider-Man in the spider suit. <laughs> Don't go electric company on me, man. See, I'm you, a sad you just, little man who has nothing better with his wife than to load up my brain with Spider-Man. You just answered my question. The rarest Spider-Man trivia fact is Morgan Freeman was not in the suit. He, he couldn't be. He's in the episode of The Wall as the umpire arguing in front of Spider-Man. That's classic. Yeah, All right. Go. Let's turn it over to oh, J.R. Oh, what? oh, oh. Sorry, I man. Got, go ahead. I got, good, I got good crap for you. The, okay, the, go ahead. The stupidest Spider-Man fact is that yeah. in the Japanese live-action Spider-Man TV show from the late huh. 70s, right. Spider-Man's flying spaceship, for no reason whatsoever, has the head of a leopard. Okay. <laughs> Why? I, Why? I don't know. Why That's... would you have it? You're Spider-Man. Yeah, I, put a I spider on it. That. Come on. <laughs> yeah, well, it, and the weird thing is you can tell they built it for the show because it's got little web patterns on it. Weird. Just, Someone at the toy company was going, not toy, T-O-Y, T-O-E-I, was was sitting, what should Spider-Man's giant robot head be? I know, (laughs) a leopard. (laughs) Maybe they were trying to kill two shows with maybe maybe the Power Rangers got the outfit or the the vehicle. Dear God, go on YouTube, look up the uh, Japanese Spider-Man, watch this stuff, it'll blow your mind. 
It's crazy. Yeah. JR, what's what's your questions for Dan? Well, what I was going to say, wasn't it uh, Danny Seagram who was in the Spider-Man costume in the Electric Company? Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. JR, you just topped it all. Woo! <laughs> well, being a child of the 70s. You get the, uh, you get the K-N-O-W prize. <laughs> I was about to say, you have your own fanboys now. Someone slapped you upside the head and said, don't do those fanboy things. You check the internet and it looks like you've got plenty of your own. How does that feel? Um, it, no, it's it's cool. It's 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 fun to meet people that are really into the stuff. There's um, at almost any signing. I I live in New York, and almost any signing I do in a New York store, or if I do something like the comic book show, which mm-hmm. is uh, it's it's kind of like a live um, talk show for an audience instead of TV that focuses right. on stuff in the comic industry. Whenever I do one of those, or gosh, or or show up like the the big New York Comic Con, that oh the comic it's called the Comic Book Club, and I'll be appearing there November twenty seventh. <laughs> uh, um, but whenever I do, one, I get these two or three fans that show up from France. Wow, <laughs> they're like really devout uh, fans of all the She Hulk stuff and Spidey Torch and GLA, and they make they always make the effort. And I think mm-hmm. one of them lives here, but every now and then, like, guys will fly in. And I'm like, well, that's kind of – and I'm like, y- you were coming to visit him anyway, right? Oh, we <laughs> wanted to see you, thanks a lot. You know, it's me and Jerry Lewis. <laughs> You're like a rock star. That's cool. In France. <laughs> in France. Hey, Not it's here, no. Than... <laughs> no, here, here I'm, I'm just happy to be the guy who knows Brian Michael Bendis. There you go. I, I know that guy. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's classic. All right. Well, I think um, judging by the the Spidey dudes uh, got to come up, and then judging by the long list of uh, questions waiting on our message board, I yeah. think I'll defer to them for a while. But uh, Dan, okay. I just wanted to say thanks, and uh, I really enjoyed uh, Spidey Torch, particularly issue number three, where uh, he used the power of the Hostess fruit pies to defeat the Red Ghost and <laughs> Super Apes. That was God. I remember those ads. That was just Uh-oh. that was. And I wish that would be a terrific scene in a movie at the very end, him driving the Spider-Mobile on the wall of the Bugle and causing Jameson to just about have a a conniption. That was was classic. That was the minute I hit that beat, because I didn't know how I was going to wrap that thing up. All of Spidey Torch 3 happened really fast. Uh, Brevoort's a big stickler for continuity. And the original story was going to be all the Spider-Mobile stuff. But it was going to be the Impossible Man, because I wanted to keep mixing Spidey stuff and FF stuff. Uh, the Impossible Man was going to come to Earth, disguised as a car, and they was going to have, you know, races against the Spider-Mobile. It was going to be this <laughs> incredible race against the Impossible Man as a car. And uh, Brevoort went, you can't do that story, uh, <laughs> as it came time to plot it. I'm like, why? And he's like, well, I have these issues of FF here where it clearly states the Impossible Man is off Earth from here till here. And that syncs up with the uh, the Spider Mobile timeline, so he can't mm-hmm. be on Earth. And I'm like, wow, you just let some <laughs> of your other guys on these books do these things, and you're not <laughs> letting me do this? <laughs> you know? he's, you know, he's like, yeah, because you're not those guys. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I love Tom Brewer. Tom Brewer is the greatest guy in the world. But we had to uh, we had to quickly come up with uh, a new story, and it just all started coming together. All these. Boom, 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 boom. You got the Red Ghost stealing the uh, Spider-Mobile because of the mm-hmm. secret Reed Richards invention inside of it. And the hostess thing came because I had a story I did years and years ago when the second run of What If 
they did a humor. The the first run of What If did a humor story, uh, a whole humor issue, which is fantastic. If you ever get a chance, that's a great thing to hunt down in a back issue box. Mm-hmm. And the second run of What If, they decided to do a humor issue as well, in the style of that one. And they started asking people for stuff, and I sold them some. I thought some really fun stuff, but one of them was a What If based on Twinkie continuity. <laughs> and they thought it was really funny wow. and and they bought it but then what if got canceled before that ever ran oh, and dude. when when Bendis <laughs> was doing what huh that special I pitched him the exact same script where it, it was what if based on the what if June Jitsui uh, beautiful but lethal mistress of martial arts had killed the amazing Spider-Man and oh. it's all about her first kick instead of hitting him in the head, uh, hits him in his sack lunch and uh, crushes his golden <laughs> sponge cakes. So it has nothing to distract her with. And her next shot shoves his uh, cartilage right into his brain and kills him. Oh. And then she laughs over his dead body. And then in the bottom corner, you have the uh, watcher eating a golden sponge cake telling you you get a big delight out of every bite of alternate realities. The end. That's awesome. And Ben thought it was really funny, but then – they started cutting things because the, the special was going too long, and they cut that. They didn't get anyone oh. to draw that. And I was so bummed. And so I had Twinkies on the brain and fruit <laughs> pies. And I was writing the story, and I'm like, hey, this is my 70s issue. Oh, yeah. oh I know. I'll set up this, and I'll do that. And, <laughs> and it all just plugged in together, and it made me so happy that I didn't do the uh, what-if and Twinkie continuity. It's a rare case where you could actually eat fruit pies and Twinkies and call it research. It, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I was, man, that is, and and as a final footnote, that issue is one of my um, one of my biggest continuity flubs. Because oh, for really? All, yeah, because of all the oh, don't use the impossible man nonsense. Um, we didn't think about it, and there clearly is a Roger Stern story where Spider-Man meets the Red Ghost and the Super Apes for the first time in the eighties, mm. and it's clearly the first time. So for all that problems, we still ended up with a continuity glitch. But I'm really happy because I, I just love that story. Um, I yeah. love that issue. It was really fun. That's cool. JR, anything else? No, that's it. I'll pass it on to Spidey Dude. Okay, Spidey Dude, who is uh, sitting in the parking lot of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he's tailgating, waiting yeah, for the game to start. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, me, uh, me and my dad, uh, my, my, my birthday present. And my dad's birthday present for my mother was to get us two tickets to the, to the game, and so we're kind of waiting patiently. It doesn't start yeah, you've until 15. You've but, got a lot of time. It starts in about four hours. <laughs> yeah, this is, look, look at the world we live in. We're all over the country. You're in a parking lot. Yeah, I'm in Missouri. <laughs> you're in Missouri. This is, and you're, you're waiting to see the big game. This is, I love the world we live in. <laughs> we're in the future. Yes, yes there you yes. go. Uh, first of all, uh, you know, I'll admit when I when I first heard the phrase "scarlet spider" used with the Iron Spider suit, I was a little um, how we say it, uh, apprehensive. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was I was a little uh, yeah. You if you dig through the uh, mountain mound of threads, you might find my severely edited uh, rant that I had. <laughs> but uh, it was edited by more, but no less. Yeah, um, but. Now that I've read the issue, I got to say, and and the funny thing was, is I I picked up that issue, and the same day I actually picked up a uh, first appearance of the Scarlet Spider costume uh, on the same day. So I was like, oh, this is kind of a small world, because uh, I never had the 
actual copy of the issue. But uh, first of all, I got to say, really, really interesting review. I've been following Initiative uh, from the beginning, and I got to say, it's much better. I think it's the best Avengers book out there right now. Well, that is, uh, with with the stellar work that Mr. Bendis is doing on New Avengers and the gorgeous stuff you see from, like, Frank Cho on, on Mighty, that is a huge compliment. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. And, the mystery, you know, for for those of us that just picked up the issue just because it's Spidey-related and uh, they don't get the full impact of the big reveal, um, and I, I thought it was brilliant. And it, it's something that I think some people could have saw coming a mile away, but then again, you really didn't see it coming at all. And I'm glad you put a clone. I'm glad you put clones behind the mask because you know I'm a clone fan. I'm a child of the Clone Saga, and, and uh, that that to me would just made me smile a lot. Um, my first question, and I don't know if you can really answer this without getting shot. Um, <laughs> okay. nice, nice preface there. Uh, Mary I Jane, should it with, I should just answer it with a bald face lie. <laughs> Mary Jane will be the new She-Hulk. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> she, she's the rebel. Aunt May will be a zombie, and uh, you know, I really and can't Miss, talk about stuff. But and Miss Lion, Miss Lion from the cartoon is behind it all. Oh, genius! <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, should we begin? Okay, now does this take place before one more day, or does it take place before a brand new day? Because I've we've kind of been trying to figure this out because we don't see Mary Jane, and mm-hmm. of course everybody, you, you, I'm sure you've heard the conspiracy theories uh, about yeah, she what's was going the to second shooter. Okay, she's the second. Are you talking about Initiative Number Seven? If it's post yeah, or, yeah. or or after? It, it's, yeah, it's um. It's wherever you want it to fit, but it's definitely uh, it's pre one it's pre one more day. It's pre the end of one more day, definitely. Okay, um, so it's before I, the end of one more day. It's before the end of one more day. Okay, so that 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 kind of clarifies the timeline. Um, it's definitely before the end of one more day. Okay. Uh, secondly, just it is bigger than a bread box. <laughs> uh, because I'm such a clone fan. Uh, and things how you were so well versed in, in Spidey history. What's your favorite clone saga moment? My favorite clone Spider-Man clone story of all time is the "What If" issue of "What If Spider-Man's Clone Lived." I think that is the greatest Spider Spider-Man clone story of all time. It, it is brilliant. Everyone should go and hunt this down it's from the first run of uh, "What If." And the thing I loved it is whenever you read an issue of "What If," there were two endings. "What If" almost read like Mad Libs where you just plugged in the names of the heroes, because you always ended up with one of two endings, where either everything happened exactly the way it should, or the whole universe blows up. <laughs> you know? Like, oh, my God, what if what if Ant-Man, you know, ate the red pill? You know, it's, it's, no, everything blows up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I, I couldn't stand that. And then, because you're enjoying the ride, and then you hit ending A or ending B. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about the Spider-Man clone uh, story from What If His Clone Lived is it left you in this very interesting spot. It left you in something you you, you didn't see coming, where the clone still lives, and Pete just decides, hey, we'll be roomies. <laughs> this will be this this will be great. You know, I this way I can have less responsibility, and you can be Spidey on Wednesdays, and I'll be Spidey on Thursdays, and you'll date MJ, and I'll run off and fight Doc Ock, and then we'll swap. 
(laughs) It was the coolest ending because it made you go, I want to read those stories. I want to read the story of the two Parker boys living in the apartment together. It's like, (laughs) oh, no, Aunt May's coming. Hide under the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Your mind just started spinning going like, oh, this would be so cool. And and now my promise. Best man be himself. That'd be fantastic, you know. What? His best man would be himself. Oh no no! He's the best man. He'd have to wear a mask. Spidey would show up as the best man. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah, that that, it would actually work. I'm telling you, it's like the Michael Keaton movie Multiplicity before they ever thought of it. It's genius, and I promise everyone right now, I will never do any story like that in Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Alleviate any fears. Everyone, people are going to hear this podcast, and they're, they're going to think uh, it's all going to be fruit pies and clones. <laughs> it's not. Fruit pies right and there. clones. Really dark and gritty Spider-Man. And on the fruit pie and clone comment, we're going to wrap it up there. Now, the interview with Slot went about three hours total, and we'll break it up into three parts. Part two and three will be posted shortly. And as always, we want to thank our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com, for supporting this show and helping pay the bills. Now, be sure to check out their website for all your subscription needs. Again, that's MailOrderComics.com. Now, I've started a thread on our message board for everyone to discuss and review part one of the show. Feel free to check it out at SpidermanCrawlspace.com. And as always, thanks for listening and stay tuned for part two and three of the slot interview.